How did I get here? 2009. There I stood, looking down at my hand, shaking it out, wondering what the fuck had just happened. Moments before, I stood screaming like a possessed fucking mad woman, I fucking hate you, to my own reflection in the bathroom mirror. And now I was reeling. How the fuck did I get here? What the fuck was wrong with me? This is not normal, right? To be standing in front of a mirror screaming I fucking hate you at myself? Of course, there was so much that led me to this point. So much heartache, so much rejection, so much resentment. There I stood thinking to myself, rock bottom. And though I've had many, many moments of rock bottom before and since, this was honestly the real rock bottom. You can't get much lower than absolutely despising yourself, right? To think that I'd become so disillusioned and disenchanted by myself over the previous 15 years or so. How the fuck did I get here? How did I go from a happy kid who loved to create and bring people together to this place where I felt so fucking alone and hated myself more than I'd hated anyone in my life? I walked to my bed, sat on the edge and sobbed uncontrollably. What had I become? My dog followed me jumped on the bed and started licking my face. I looked up at the reflection in the mirrored robes, took a deep breath and said, sorry. How did I get here? The answer is quite simple and so complex. I got here because I'd made myself numb to myself. I'd stopped listening to my heart. I'd valued others' opinions of me over my own. And I'd suppressed my emotions to the point where I could physically feel them sitting at the back of my throat. That's all very easy to see from here, where I'm mostly on the other side, but back then, I didn't have the answers. Fuck, I didn't even know the questions. All I knew was how much pain I was in, how much disconnection I was experiencing, how much I was not enjoying this life, how little I liked myself. It had been a big year. Miko and I had uprooted our lives once again in my quest for finding the place where I belonged. And this time it landed us in Nambucca Heads, a scenic little coastal town on the mid-north coast of New South Wales, Australia. We'd purchased this cute little place which backed onto a picturesque rainforest. It was a steal. Fuck, this whole town was a steal. Property prices were affordable. The coastline was breathtaking. This had to be it. The place I'd pinned all my hopes and dreams on. The place that would be the final piece of the puzzle. The picture would be complete. Only it hadn't turned out as I'd expected. I had zero friends. I spent most of my time working my ass off. The postie was the only person in town who knew me by name, and that's only due to my name being on the parcels arriving almost daily as my online shopping addiction grew a little out of hand. There was a part of me that knew this place wasn't the answer. But if not this, then when and where and what? Being self-employed and married with no kids meant I didn't have many opportunities to meet people. And Nambucca certainly wasn't a thriving hub of entrepreneurs being all innovative and shit. Working for myself meant there wasn't the camaraderie of a workplace. No one to tell your exciting weekend adventures to. No one to bounce ideas off. No one to talk to when you had a win or to unpack a big loss. I'd spent years dreaming about working for myself and here I was living that dream. And I still wasn't happy. For almost 12 months, I had no face-to-face conversations with anyone other than Miko and that poor old postman. And I think it's pretty clear from the mirror-punching episode, I certainly didn't really enjoy my own company. 
To this point, I just thought that this was the way life was, until one day, sitting in the docks about to have a pap smear, I choked back the tears. The doc had simply asked how I was, and it was enough to allow the dam wall to burst and the hot, wet tears began streaming uncontrollably down my face. I felt so alone. I'd been so disconnected from myself that I didn't even truly realise how alone I felt. No one had really asked me how I was. She said, Carly, it sounds a lot like depression to me. She handed me a list of psychologists in the area, circled a couple of names and put me on a mental health plan with a diagnosis of clinical depression and anxiety. Part of me denied the diagnosis, but a big part of me knew it to be true. I physically could not remember a time I'd felt happy, maybe years, decades, maybe my entire life. I physically couldn't remember feeling, well, anything. Of course, I had been happy before, but in this place I felt devoid of human emotion. I couldn't connect to it in this moment or any moment before. It was bizarre, a numbness, and I had no idea how long I'd felt or not felt like this, but I was suddenly very aware of the nothingness. Prior to my diagnosis, I'd thought of depression as someone who was really sad, suicidal even. I didn't feel sad. In fact, I felt nothing. Yes, there were tears, but those tears weren't necessarily attached to sadness. They were attached to a nothingness, a void. I felt nothing, disconnected, alone, supremely alone. I grabbed that piece of paper with a therapist's referrals, ran my finger down it and landed on a name that sounded like the name of someone I'd like. Rang the number, left a message. She called back to tell me her next available appointment was four months away. I rang another, six-month waiting list, another, books filled. Wow. Glad I wasn't suicidal at this stage. One more, rang the number. She could fit me in Thursday. Great. I booked in. And instead of thinking, this is the thing that will fix me, I went in totally open, ready for change. 